0: Happy New Year, right? Yes. I would say it is a new year. We've started out with uh, quite a bit of ice, quite a bit of snow. <laughs> Some of you guys may not like those words, but I would say it brings back memories of when I was a kid, actually. So it's uh, in Michigan, we didn't have a whole lot of uh, snow as much as we did ice. So wintertime, I did not learn how to drive on snow. I primarily learned how to drive on ice without Anti-lock brakes and with a manual transmission, so there's a lot of things that you learn how to do in a hurry. But I don't say it's, but it is a new year. It's 2021 now, and so often people use this time to set a way of kind of separating the old and the new. They use this time to separate from what happened the prior year and how they're going to have a fresh start for the next year. And, of course, with 2020, the way it was, I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to that, thinking, oh, hey, this is a great way to forget about 2020 and what happened. And that's okay. It's a way of mentally separating that, but... I kind of have a little bit different approach to New Year's than uh, some of you guys may. It's kind of like a birthday to me. It's just another day. i so you just one more day older, not a whole year older, and I'll beat Kim to the punch on this one. I'm going to be turning 40 this year. <laughs> so she's planning on making a big deal out of it, so I'll beat her to the punch and say, yes, I'm turning 40 this year. But it's just another day to me, you know? So just like that, it's just another day for the new year for me. So, a lot of you guys may be thinking and you're maybe starting to set some, uh, some New Year's resolutions, which are good if you know how to discipline yourself and know how to stick to them and if you're doing it for the right motivation, the right thought process with it. But sadly, most New Year's resolutions don't stick. 80% of, uh, People have abandoned their New Year's resolutions by the second week of February. And of that, most people have actually dropped them by January 19th. That's kind of the average date that most people have actually stopped. So, you've lost that new year and you have to wait a whole another 11 and a half months before that rolls around again. But as a Christian, we don't have to think of a certain time of the year to think about new things, to consider making a change, to be open to allowing others to change as well. Because new is very much part of God's vocabulary. I forgot to tell you to turn to 2 Corinthians 5, but it's a verse that many of you are very familiar with. 2 Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you guys have been around a while, you know that I like to read it out of a couple of different translations. So if you look at it from the Passion Translation, it says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ... He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the older old order has vanished. Behold, everything's fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to Himself, and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God through Jesus' death and resurrection, and our professing that we have surrendered to Him, He has made us a new, new creation. But He didn't stop there. He didn't just make us a new creation. He actually made all things new for us. If you guys like to take notes and you like studying the Greek, the new used in this passage is "kainos," which is a constant state of newness or an unprecedented, unheard-of kind of new. Constantly being made new. See, there are many words that were used for new in the Greek. The other one that's more commonly used is actually neos, which is brand new or never done before. But that's not the word that Paul used when he wrote to the church in Corinth. He used the word kinos, which is that constant state of newness. So God doesn't want us to stay at the same place all the time. He doesn't want us to become stagnant or remain the same. He's looking for us to be constantly renewed, consistently made new. See, God does this transformation from the inside out. It's not how we look on the outside. He starts that change inside of our hearts. So much we need to pay attention of how our hearts are doing and the new things that he's trying to do in us. Ezekiel actually says it twice. In Ezekiel 11.19 it says, Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. And take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. He says almost the exact same thing in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to break this down a little bit here. See, he gave us a new heart and a new spirit. First one there is the heart. He took that heart that we may have built up a wall, that we may have had it so hard that nothing could really flourish in it, nothing could grow. That, not, he, that heart that was so hard that we realized that there's nothing that's truly going to satisfy us. Might be that we're trying to do it on our own, might be that we're trying to do it in our own strength and on our own timing. But God gave us a new heart. That heart is a heart of flesh. A heart that's soft. It's pliable in God's hands. A heart that God tells us that that new thing that we're going to do, we can't do it on our own. That we need God that that thing that we're missing in our heart is God himself, that our heart longs for that relationship with God. It also says that he gives us a new spirit, that spirit when we accepted Jesus, that our inner spirit man joined with the Holy Spirit that God desired for us to have. God gave us his Holy Spirit. The one just like Jesus. The one that guides us. The one that comforts us. The one that empowers us. God is into the exchange program. He loves to take the old and get rid of it and replace it with the new. God always wants to do something new. It's not that God God does not change. It's not that God is new, it's that he always wants to do something new. I'll say it's so fitting that we took communion this morning because it's part of the new covenant that he has with us as well. That new covenant he made when he shed his blood for us. I'll say we read part of it uh here when we took communion, but it says in 1 Corinthians 11:25 in the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It's the new covenant in his blood. It's the same new used here in the Greek. It's that kinos new. It's what we read in Second Corinthians five and seventeen there. It's that constant state of newness, new. God is constantly renewing the covenant that he has with us. The covenant that Jesus came for, he is renewing it. You might be beating yourself up for something you did 20 years ago even still. But it's in the past when we've repented and returned to our position with Christ. A London businessman, Lindsay Clegg, told the story of a warehouse property he was selling. The building had been empty for months and needed repairs. Vandals had damaged the doors, smashed the windows, and trashed the interior of the building. He showed a prospective buyer of the property. He took pains to say that he would replace the broken windows, bring in a crew to correct any structural damage, and clean out the garbage. Forget about the repairs, the buyer said. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I want the site. Compared with the renovation God has in mind, our efforts to improve our own lives are as trivial as sweeping warehouses slated for the wrecking ball. When we become gods, the old life is over. He makes all things new. All he wants is the site and the permission to build. I I thought oh, that was such a fitting story that I found. See, our only requirement is that we're submitted to God. Yielded vessels let God do what he wants to do. When we said yes to Jesus, we want you and we want you in our heart. We let him decide what he wants to do. You can't just give him okay. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you ability to change this, this, and this, and this, but don't touch this over here. No, he wants the sight. He wants the permission to do what he wants to do. He wants to do something new in you. See where God's using me today. And how it was using me is completely different than how I ever thought when I asked him into my heart. Come on, somebody. You guys know what you're talk- what I'm talking about too, don't you? What you thought when you accepted Jesus is nowhere near what God's plans were for you. See, he wants to do something new. He wants to show his power through doing something new that when you do it, you go, there's the only way I can do that is because of God. When you see somebody else doing it, you go, the only reason they're able to do that is because God changed them. I thought I'd be shoveling sidewalks and running the soundboard. But God does so much different than what we think. But had I not been open to hearing the Holy Spirit and hearing what God wants, you'd miss out on that newness. Isaiah 40, starting at verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases the strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on the wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, we're talking about letting God do the change in us. Letting God be the one to do the new thing. We have to allow God to be the one who renews us. Trying to do it on our own is not going to get us anywhere. Not listening to God on how he wants to do it won't help us. We've got to stay tuned to what God wants so that he can renew us, so that he can give us power, give us a strength, keep us from being weary. Without Christ, we aren't new. We have to realize and listen to Christ in us. You know, I think of the newness of God sometimes, and he rarely repeats himself in how he does things. Read through the Bible. You'll see that God doesn't do the same thing, do the things the same way every time. Just with healing blindness, look at all the ways that Jesus healed that. Just a couple of the things that came to mind were when he spit in the mud, or spit in the dirt, made mud and put it on the guy's eyes, how he used that to heal blindness. Another time, he just spoke And the blindness was gone. Another time, he laid hands on the guy, and he was healed. See, if we do it the same way every time, you start making a ritual out of it. You start making a religion out of it. You start just thinking, oh, I do this, I get this. And there's nothing really new about that. You end up just putting mud on people's faces to try to heal them from blindness. You think of the story of Jericho. Okay, yeah, it's a fortified city, had big, huge, thick walls. There's not going to be an easy way of getting into it. But they heard God and what God wanted them to do in marching around the city. So, for six days, they marched around the city once. On that seventh day, they marched around it seven times. They heard from God for what the specific thing was for that specific city. And, of course, you guys know the story. The walls fell straight down. They rushed the city, and they conquered it. Guess what? The Israelites had many cities that they conquered. There were many cities that they went up against. that's the only one that they conquered it in that manner. It's one of the things with the newness of God is you look at how you do things. You look at what you're going to do and how you're going to go about it. Sometimes you get yourself in trouble trying to repeat what worked before. That new thing, you have to be open to hearing what God wants to do for that situation, for that particular need. So sometimes we hang on to what God did before, and we don't let God operate the way He wants today. Don't expect that you have it all figured out, too. What God did in 1985 when He found a new life may be different than how He's wanting to do it today. Society's changed. What people are looking for has changed. You never know what God wants to do in a new way. His purpose is still the same, but he likes doing new things and trying to show things in a new way. And the key is always hearing God and what he says, not what we say. Romans 6.4 Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we should also walk in the newness of life. The old us died with Christ. The old us is gone. We were raised with Christ. We can walk victoriously through new life. Paul said it again in Colossians 3, starting in verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, uncircumcised nor circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. The message translation put it this way don't lie to one another. you're done with that old life. It is a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with his label on it. Woo! All the fashions are now obsolete. all the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-jewish, Religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. Guys, read some of these other translations. The way they put it sometimes is awesome. We're not done. The Passion Translation, Lay aside your old Adam self with its masquerade and disguise. For you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, or your ethnicity, education, or economic status, They matter nothing, for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. See, God is making us new all the time. You can't try to hold up what God's wanting to do. Put off the old man. The old you died with Christ at the cross. You can't be trying to get the old you back. He or she is dead. You're going to stink when you try to pick up that old dead body. Instead, embrace the new. The new man, which is neon in the Greek, means the recently put on nature. God has made you new. You might be thinking, well, I was saved before you were born, John. You already told me how old you were. I've been saved longer than that. It's hardly new anymore to me. No, God makes us new all the time. He's always wanting to show you something new still today. The Passion Translation there, it put it best for what it says, where it says that we are continually being renewed into the likeness of God himself. From last year to this year, you're new. From last month to this month, You're new. From yesterday to today, you're new. From the time I started this sentence until now, you're new. You understand? You're new in a second. You're new just like that. God is into making us new. Romans 7, 6 But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. We need to walk in the newness of the Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit how he is continuing to make things new for you. Commit to yourself to making things new. Look at what you spend your time on. Look at where you spend your money. Look at what you're putting into your body through your mouth. We just got through with Christmas and New Year's and all that. Yep. It's easy. I don't say it's, but that's the thing. You can look at what makes you mad sad or frustrated. You don't have to give in to it. You can take authority over all of this. See, we're stewards of this body that God is giving us. He's actually just lending, to, lending it to us because we're going to get a new body when we cross over to the other side of glory. And at nearly 40, my muscles are starting to realize that sometimes when I try to do something that's... Uh, that uh, can get you sore in a hurry. But we got to watch how we treat it while we're on this earth. And we can give God the glory for things that he strengthens us to do. Because God's very nature is new. The way you look at things, you can look at them as if they're new. You may have done it plenty of times, but God can still show you it like it's your first time. You can look at your friends with new eyes. You can look at your coworkers with new eyes. You can look at your brothers and sisters in this church body, even, with new eyes. How you're interacting with people. You might be thinking, well, people know me too good. They know what I've done in my past. But God's made you new. People can see you, especially if they knew the old you, and see the change in that. Even if it's, even if you've been saved, there may be habits that you realize that aren't very good. God can correct you of those if you're willing to let them. And again, people can see that change in you. One of the great things about the newness of God is that God is a forgiving God. Not only does He forgive us, but He forgets things when we've come to Him. Forgiveness itself is a part of that newness. It's a great part of the transformation that God's done in us, and we have to give God all the glory for it. We can let people see that we're changing in whatever we have been struggling with before and see where God is working in our lives. Our lives may be the only gospel that some people get to see, So often we look at the big things that God has brought us through. Things that may have been years ago. But we can see the things that God's doing even still today. Things that God does throughout the week even that just encourage you and let you know that He loves you so much. The last couple of years, we've gone through quite a few changes here. But the more we look back We see that God is renewing us. Much like the snow and the ice is doing some tree branches today, God's done some pruning. Because the thing with pruning is sometimes it snips off those branches, but then it allows everything to flourish so much more when it's able to fill out and take the space that those dead branches were taking up. It's easy to see how God's reconditioning us to become new vessels. To do what he's calling us to do. I'm gonna go ahead and end there, so. Shall we pray? Well, Father, we thank you for your newness. We thank you for your very character that brings newness, God. Lord, we thank you that you did not stop with the old, that you constantly make us new. Lord, help us realize that new thing. Help us realize what new thing you want to do in others too, God. Lord, give us a spirit of forgiveness to welcome those back that might have walked away. Give us a spirit of forgiveness to forgive others for anything that they might have done, Lord. Lord, we uh, we bind the root of uh, of unforgiveness, the root of offense, God. Lord, we thank you for, for what you were doing. We thank you that you did not stay silent when you rose again, God, that you gave, came back for victory, God. Lord, and we walk in that. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.